This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is People Every Day. Coming up, what's going on with Wendy Williams? The talk show host under fire again, this time for insensitive comments about deceased influencer Swavy. Plus, HGTV's Christina Hawk dabbles in toad venom. And Michael Phelps opens up to people about his mental health struggles. It's July 12th. Hello out there. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Monday, top of the week to you all. I'm coming off of a little road trip to North Carolina this past weekend to meet up with family. Uh, The trip was both long and relaxing. I got to listen to a lot of good music, and the scenery was just serene. But back to the busy news cycle. Later in the show, my colleague Eileen Finnan talks mental health with Olympic superhero Michael Phelps. So stick around for that. But first, a lot of entertainment news bubbled up this weekend that caught my eye. One big headline was Cardi B's daughter, Culture Chiari's extravagant princess-themed third birthday party, which (laughs) if you know Cardi B, makes complete sense. The WAP rapper is not one for um, demureness. Uh, There was a zoo, a Cinderella carriage, and my favorite part, an array of food that included a crab leg tower. Note to self, get my kids on the next invite list because I need a crab leg tower in my life. (laughs) And one more quick, wow, that happened moment from the weekend. Khloe Kardashian's exes, Tristan Thompson and Lamar Odom are at odds in her comments. Both left flirty messages and emojis under one of her hot pictures. And then Tristan Thompson hopped on to threaten Lamar, writing, God brought you back the first time. Play if you want. Different results. Just Wow. I'm not sure what the goal is here, considering they're both, you know, heartbreakers. They broke her heart multiple times. Uh, But hey, maybe she's a sucker for a social media pissing contest. I don't know. All right. Well, joining me today to dig into some big TV news stories is host of People's Hit Reality Check show, Darren Karp. And speaking of contests, Darren, a quick one for you in honor of the first black student to win the script spelling bee, Zaila Avant-Garde. Are you ready? Oh, God, you're going to give me something to spell. I. <laughs> OK. OK, it was, it's easy. It was her winning word. How do you spell Mariah? And no, not Mariah. I carry. It's a plan. I actually watched this. So I think it is mm-hmm. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A, I believe. Yes! yes. Give it! Look at you. Yes. <laughs> Who, by the way, let me just shout her out because she has the coolest name I think I've ever heard. I want my last name to be Avant-Garde. It's just a moment. It's a moment, yes. And and the and the dribbling skills. It's just there's just so much good. I I I couldn't take it. You know, Janine, culture gets a petting zoo and a crab leg tower, and you give me a spelling bee. Like this is just. (laughs) I thought it's unfair, but okay, whatever. You can handle it. You can handle it. Okay, so let's let's jump into um, something that has just been bubbling up so much today. And you know, as someone who has interviewed this woman many times, it's like it's kind of disheartening 
and I think you feel the same. Wendy Williams. What is going on with Wendy Williams right now? She is in the news and has been for the past week for multiple reasons, but she made fun of an influencer that was killed. Yeah, this is pretty disheartening. But essentially, Wendy Williams, who is... I would say no stranger to a controversial comment. She is definitely type of the woman that speaks her mind, but essentially was, you know, reporting on the story of of this young influencer, Swavy, who was 19 at the time, very popular TikToker. He had like 2.7 million followers on TikTok. You know, he was known for like the dancing, comedy sketches, a young guy. And so Wendy Williams is starting to talk about this story. Now, we all sort of kind of know the end of it, that he tragically died, young guy, a senseless act of gun violence here. But Wendy doesn't really open her segment like that. She kind of opens her segment showing Swavy and then basically saying that she has no idea who this person is, that no one has any idea who this person is, but that he has more followers than her on on Instagram and TikTok. So here he is. I'm not sure if there was like a little jealousy there, Um, but essentially she like looked him up and down in the photo and was criticizing sort of the way he looked and the way he carried himself uh, in a lot of ways. Only at the end did she sort of say that he was uh, unfortunately tragically died from a fatal gunshot wound. So, you know, and she sort of ended it by saying like, yeah, we're not going to solve it. Like just one another, those stories. And yes, that might be another one of those stories, but why oh did you gosh. spend the first five minutes of the story making fun of him and then say you didn't know who he was? Like, it's just like, it's, it's really, it's really kind of dark. Right. And, and, and I'm seeing this quote from his mother, Chanel Clark. She said, y'all like as a mother, Wendy Williams, how dare you? So disrespectful. I used to watch you as a child. And even though you have a gossip show and all that, you didn't even know my son. So I, I get that there's comedy and she's always been, you know, really hard edged and she'll ask those questions and, and go there. But this just seemed like for what? Well, for what? And also this poor kid died. Like it, it was so disrespectful, you know, like, it, it, listen, it's hard to kind of make everything comedic. And I understand that her goal is to try and entertain and make people laugh. But sometimes people need kind of the hard truth about what happened here. And instead of making this like a, instead of make reporting on a newsworthy story and maybe talking about its pop culture influences, how this guy had an impact in, in our, in the community, but also the senseless act of gun violence, she instead made it like gossipy and really about herself kind of saying like, well, I don't know who he is, but he's got more followers than, than me. It was, it was very disappointing tasteful. Yeah. And and this is on the heels. This is on the heels of everything that happened, you know, with her and another big influencer. She had that whole big back and forth with Tabitha Brown talking about her husband and how her marriage wasn't going to make it and all of that. And everyone knows Tabitha Brown is just a love bubble, right? What is Wendy dealing with right now? What, let's check in on her. Like, what, what can you tell me about where she's at in life? You know, in terms of the Tabitha stuff, like, listen, she was in a traumatic and abusive marriage for 20 Mm -hmm. years, essentially, from 1999 to 2019 uh, to Kevin Hunter. And that there's been a lot of speculation about him having affairs, him being abusive towards her, whether that's physically or emotionally. I don't know, but I know that there have been massive reports about it. And, you know, she's coming off of a massive coke addiction, which she talks about, uh, you know, the, in 2014, not too long ago that she was having these uh, these addictions. And then in her early career, she's had sexual assault. So she's clearly been through a lot. And sometimes I think when this is happening, when you see other people and other things going down, I think that you project a little bit of your own sort of experience, your own insecurity onto those stories. And unfortunately, Wendy doesn't really have that 
filter to sort of maybe take a, a beat and say, like, just because it's my experience doesn't mean that it's everybody's experience. So there must be something going on. And I think a lot of that has to do with her past and the abuse that she suffered, unfortunately. I hope um, there is a course correct. I've, I've interviewed her multiple times. And like you said, she has been through so much. So hope hoping we don't have to deal with these stories anymore coming out of her show. Uh, let's move on to Christina Hawk. OK, uh, this is shifting over the channel to HGTV. <laughs> Christina on the coast. Uh, she's the star of that. And of course, uh, she was uh, married to Tarek El Moussa for years and they had uh, their show Flip or Flop. And that's how we know her, Christina El Musa, but she's Christina Hawk. Uh, she made uh, some really surprising uh, <laughs> claims. She was talking about her new relationship. And uh, she said in the midst of that, casually, that she smoked psychedelic toad venom. What is that, Janine, Darren? You didn't do that before this podcast because I Mm-mm. definitely nope. Does did. It sound like I did? No, I mean, listen, Janine, <laughs> you can sound smart no matter what you're doing. So, uh, I, I personally will say I've never done it, but I have had friends and close acquaintances that have sort of done this. It's called bufo, which is you know some sort of like chemical. It contains like it's a it, it's in toad venom, but it's it's essentially like a chemical in the secretion of a frog that you inhale the vapors of, and it essentially makes you hallucinate. You you've You've heard of like oh. ayahuasca and stuff like that, right? Like when everyone was yeah, going yeah, on yeah. Those ayahuasca trips and seeing their future and c- kind of oh. getting rid of the ego. I guess this is the new ayahuasca. Um, and, oh my goodness. And you inhale the secretions of a frog. And I cannot believe I'm saying this to you, Janine, but this is wow. a thing that people well, No, like do. I was literally, we had this house in North Carolina this past weekend and a frog like hopped past and now I'm seeing him in a totally different light. Like that could have been, you know, a really good good, enlightening moment for me if I had just caught him and, like, figured something out. Well, let me just say, you know, I, I, like, it's a certain toad, I guess, that does that. I'm not sure okay. every frog and toad can do this. So you okay. might have just been inhaling secretion if you did that, Janine, which I'm here for that story if you do. But, you know, a lot of people are sort of, uh, much like ayahuasca and much like microdosing and other things, a lot of people are sort of saying that this can help ease the feeling of depression and stress. It sort of strips your ego away. You yeah, that's what she said. She said it felt like my ego was being ripped away from me. Right. A much needed ego death. I don't even want to know how they discovered that you could do this. Like, what was yeah. the first person to do just, this? That's just, what just I'm being, wondering. Just being clear, this is not an endorsement. No. Uh, for... <laughs> <laughs> Not an endorsement. I know people that on, have done on it. On behalf of myself or People Magazine. Correct. Or myself. Or myself. I, I, or Darren. Yes. No. But I, in order to plug my show, I will say that Frog Venom might give you a reality check that you deserve, but I <laughs> but I don't uh, I don't know and I have not experienced. But apparently, uh, you know, for Christina, it worked, question mark. Darren, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to do Frog Venom yeah, with you, Again, Jean. not endorsing. Have a good one. Sticking in the world of TV, actress Patricia Heaton, who starred on Everybody Loves Raymond and The Middle, opened up to fans on Instagram this past weekend, revealing she's celebrating three years of sobriety and what she calls freedom from alcohol. She's doing things differently these days, and I caught up with Heaton not too long ago about her new book, Your Second Act. That's all about changing your life. Take a listen. I recount stories of many people who have really changed their lives out of Um, boredom or necessity to really push yourself a little bit to get out of your comfort zone at at the end of the day is really invigorating 
and it's it's it, it sort of helps you understand yourself more and and the possibilities that are within you. What was the impetus for you in, in painting this book? I like storytelling. I like other people's stories. I'm very curious about other people and the their lives they lead and what got them to where they are and what makes them take a different road. And, and I think we're all connected in that way. I think a lot of us too, if you're involved with raising a family, often you have to park some of your dreams for a while while you you focus on your family and you focus on a job that allows you to raise your family. And that not, might not be the job of your dreams. Um, but, you know, we're living longer now and we're living healthier lives. And so once your your kids are out of the house, um, that doesn't mean your life is over if you're 50 or 60. Um, you can still embark, you know, God willing, you have another, you know, 25, 30 years of productive um, time. Nice. I love that that message of it's it's never too late. There was this influencer that I'm obsessed with, uh, Tabitha Brown. She's, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's like this vegan mm-hmm. influencer. And she had this video where she's like, it's never too late. And she said, it's not too late for this. It's not too late for that. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. <laughs> and I love it. And I play it every now and then. And well, this reminds me of it. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's it's really important. And it doesn't have to apply to someone, you know, who's getting up in years. There are people, I think we've all found with this pandemic that we've had an opportunity, uh, if you want to look at it that way, to take a look at our lives and to gauge where we are, engage our priorities. And people have had a minute to think. And maybe even in your 20s or 30s, you're thinking, I don't think I can go back mm, to the way that's I was true. living. I, yeah. I want to go back to the job I was doing. And and I have to bring this up because I love this fun fact. Uh, you talked about you love telling stories and you worked at People once. You worked at People magazine. <laughs> I ran the Xerox machine. I was a copy clerk when there were Xerox machines. That's how old I am. Yes. I love that. It was a great, great picture. Oh, wonderful. Great I just, I saw that and I said, wait, what? She was a colleague. <laughs> but, but what lessons do you have about just, you know, starting off small? Like you say, you ran the Xerox machine and now you're Patricia Heaton. So, so what is there in that just starting off small and, and, and building? You know, I think there's something to be learned from every job that you do. There's just something to be learned, whether it's the actual skill you're learning at that job, uh, whether it's you're going to meet people that are going to be uh, influential in your life. You know, what was interesting about working at, at People Magazine, I was doing a play while I was there. So I was it was a flexible job for me. So I was able to be in this play. I pasted my reviews from the New York Times at all the elevator banks in the building at People. <laughs> and <Yeah>. everybody, <laughs> like a lot of people at the magazine came to see me in the play. It was great. And then later on, they were doing stories about me when I moved to L.A. and started getting work on TV. So I had all these friends oh, at the magazine. Nice. Who did story <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of a full circle thing that was really fun. So you never know. But I do believe that every job is an opportunity to grow as a human being. Next up, Michael Phelps gets real about his mental health journey. Stick around. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! 
It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Olympics are in the air, and when it comes to swimming, and, well, the games in general, Michael Phelps is still considered the GOAT, even though he's not competing anymore. But there's a lot of pressure and anxiety that comes with that title, with that life as an athlete. Writer Eileen Finnan caught up with the 23-time gold medalist and his wife, Nicole, to discuss the extreme struggles he's faced with his mental health during and after his swimming career, and how he's working to remove the stigma and make space for his fellow athletes out there. Listen in. As you know, we're kind of focusing this piece on mental health and particularly looking at uh, mental health and sports. And obviously you've been so wonderfully um, open about your own story, Michael, and um, and Nicole and your support as a family. Um, for you, kind of when you think about the Michael Phelps legacy, what does that mean for you ultimately? Everything that... that... I'm trying to accomplish outside of the pool now has the potential to be even bigger than anything I can imagine. Um, you know, there, there are, like I said, there are too many people that are struggling out there. Um, suicide rate is still climbing and it kills me to, to just see this, to read a story about it. And there are different ways, there are different routes, there are different options that we can take and we can try. And, and, um, you know, I feel like there are a lot of really, really cool things that are taking on in the mental health world right now, the mental health space. And yeah, hopefully we can, we can break down this barrier and do something. It must be all the harder, all the more difficult for an athlete to sort of confront or admit that that is something that they're struggling with. And I just wondered if you can talk a little bit about that for you personally, how hard that is as an athlete when you're supposed to be strong in every way. Exactly like you said, you know, for me, for a while, I probably stuffed away because I couldn't show that weakness or that vulnerability, that side to give my competitors any kind of edge, right? Like I can't, I couldn't do that. So, you know, I think it, it finally got to the point where I was just, I was fed up with it. I was done. I was ready to, you know, kind of figure a way that I can be better. I can feel like me all the time. Um, so I think that's really when I, I kind of confronted it, but that was something that, that I think as an athlete, it's just, it's challenging, especially for a male too. You know, for me, I can speak from my side. Um, you know, we're supposed to be this big, strong, macho person, not somebody that struggles with their emotions, but in reality, we're a human being, we're all human beings. So we all, we all go through and, and, and process our emotions in different ways. So, um, yeah. Was there a moment where you, where you realized that that could no longer be ignored? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was wanting to not be alive. I mean, that was the hardest thing, you know, multiple days being in my room, not wanting to be alive and, and 
kind of not really knowing what to do, where to go, who to turn to and, and yeah, being lost. Nicole, you have really spoken so eloquently about what it's like to be a family member and the support person. I wondered if you could just talk a little bit more about that and what has your journey been like in helping him, helping Michael? It's difficult. It's not easy. And it's still not easy. Even after experiencing that fear of, oh my God, what would that feel like if I did lose my husband? It still took me time to gather up the strength in myself to find somebody to talk to. And that took time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things too, is not, it's not only difficult for those who are struggling to find somebody to speak to, but it's hard for family members of those who are struggling to find somebody because now it's figuring out, well, are all my issues stemming from that person who's struggling? Are my issues stemming from my past? Are my issues stemming from myself? Right. So there's, I think there's a lot more to it, but I wouldn't be where I am and as strong as I am today and mindful of what's going on in my situation had I not reached out for help. Yeah, no, I think that's a really powerful statement if that's, you know, the, the priority for you, for sure. Nicole, I was going to ask you if you could talk a little bit about how you have um, talked to the kids about uh, Michael's struggles. Yeah, um, anytime that there's tension in the air, they they know. Um, so they know when dad's upset and they will either try to go be near him or they'll question it or you'll see them kind of act out in different ways, too. So my biggest thing is always recognition of what Michael's experiencing. I don't know what it is, but all I can say is I think daddy's feeling angry right now, or I think daddy's really sad today. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, yesterday, Michael was very upset and, and on a very um, involved phone call. And you could tell he was very emotional. And Boomer came over to me and he goes, mommy, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I said, Boom's. I completely understand why you're scared. Daddy's voice is very loud and daddy's very angry and it's okay to be angry. I think the biggest thing for what we would like is not only for each of us to be heard amongst each other, but for the boys to be heard too. So that I'm recognizing Boomer is upset and is scared, but that there's also recognition that Michael's allowed to have those emotions and we don't have to hide from them. What are a couple pieces of advice that you would give to somebody who's Who's, who's the support system, the, the person who's trying to help? I personally, from my own experience, I would say you've got to find your, your time for yourself, right? Because yeah. you cannot help the other individual. And that goes both ways um, if you're not finding your time. But to, to find patience in it all, um, because it, it can seem daunting and it can seem overwhelming, but you know who they are at their core. I think like one of the things from significant other standpoint or like partners, I feel like you always have to be very cautious of not triggering. you like, you don't want to trigger that person to make, you know, to make it go spill over worse. And I think, you know, at times it takes understanding or going through certain things to understand what triggers somebody and what doesn't. You might have to trigger them to even recognize it may be there. And, but that's also not walking on eggshells with the person that you love. 
That was Michael Phelps and wife Nicole opening up to Eileen Finnan. For more on his story, head over to people.com. One more thing, something to make you smile. The ESPN ESPYs were this weekend and a newly awarded ESPY winner knows a thing or two about perseverance. 22-year-old Chris Nickish from Florida was awarded the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance at Saturday's ceremony for becoming the first person with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman triathlon. That's a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bicycle ride, and a marathon, 26 miles running. Uh, During his speech, he shared his three-step plan. It's what he uses to honor God and give hope to others. Take a listen. One, I get my present pass every day. Two, I work hard. And three, don't ever give up. Don't give up. I'm inspired. I don't know about you. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow. 